With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Keep pounding a rhythm to the brain la da 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 dee la da 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 Charleston was once the rage
afternoon, everybody. It's a little after 5 o'clock on a Wednesday. I suppose you know what's coming next. Well, you probably don't. <clears throat> but if you stick around and listen, you will find out. There's almost always a lot in store. Today's no exception. Um, I'm do a little, little bouncing around here for a second. Um, I am about to share this feed onto my public figure page, and I'm just going to type in live, and I think that will make this a live feed. <coughs> so, I don't have a screener today, it doesn't look like, and so we're going to have a, a bit of a wild card show unless Becca arrives. Um, our Normal screener, well, I don't know if I call her normal, but our usual screener, uh, non-compliant Mary, has got um, some Internet issues, and she may be joining us a little bit later, but um, it's all a good thing. The truth is um, we don't really need a screener in the sense of to make this show work. It certainly does make it more seamless, and it certainly does make it nice when we have a lot of callers that want to talk. If you happen to be one of those folks that likes to and wants to talk, uh, you can do so. You can join this show uh, very easily simply by picking up your phone and dialing 646-929-2495. And if you do call in and I don't have a screener, then uh, I may randomly bring the phone to you. And, uh, you know, that could just happen. Oh, no, I did not share the feed yet. Well, so we're going to just hang with me for a second because I got a picture that I thought was the feed, but let me go and find it once again. Anyways, today we're going to have a lively conversation or a number of lively conversations, likely. Um, I don't have any special guests scheduled, so that means there is room for you to come and join the conversation. I'm going to be talking about some controversial shit, as I tend to do, and I will have uh, an opinion that's probably not going to be a cookie-cutter one. Um, I want to be real clear, this is a show that is not a political show. Um, although politics infects and affects everything, um, not everything has to be political. And we live in this world that's so fucking political, and I'm so sick of it. I'm sick of the Democrats, I'm sick of the Republicans, I'm sick of everybody, and their their political uh, bias, their political vision, uh, their political goggles that everything goes through, their political um, uh, vitriol, their political venom, the, the, the filter of which we we speak and listen is so political, and yet, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? You know, we have people in office that we put there, and we don't have people in office that we didn't put there. Like it or not, that's what that's what we have. We could change it. We could change it, but you know what it would take to change it? It would take a commitment. It would take an effort. It would take a concern. Concerted effort by a lot of people, and 
it would take a concerted effort by a lot of strong-willed people, and and uh, you know, uh, I guess the word would be strong-minded people, people that cared enough about their current situation and their need to change it to actually do something effective. Now, I want to bring the point out something that I've noticed, and it, it's troubling to me, to be honest. Uh, Jeff Sessions came out to California, and this is a guy that I consider to be a political scumbag, generally speaking. He's not our friend. He's an enemy of freedom, generally, and I'm a huge proponent of freedom. The Human Solution International, by its very nature, is a civil rights organization. That means we defend, preserve, protect, care about, cherish civil and human rights, freedom, liberty, these things that our nation was supposed to be founded upon. I care a lot about these things. Jeff Sessions came into town, and he spoke before a group of people. And I found it interesting that the news incessantly reported this protest of clergy members that was out in front of the federal building. And if you watched any of those shows, you noticed it was a very narrow pan shot. The reason why is because there's only a couple of them. There was maybe a dozen or two total of these so-called clergy people, so-called protesting, sitting in the damn street. And I thought to myself, that's fucking pathetic. And I'm sorry I'm dropping a few F-bombs today, but you know what, I don't have a whole lot of callers, and I don't have a screener today, so I can do what I want. And hopefully if I do it enough, you guys will come aboard and start listening, paying attention, participating, join the conversation, have an opinion, and do something about it. That would be a general goal. So, I'm listening to the news and watching the news, and I'm thinking about the news. And then I'm listening about what they talked about, what Jeff Sessions said. And Jeff Sessions a person who I would consider to be a personal uh, adversary, uh, an, an enemy, uh, somebody who has virtually nothing to do with my personal way of thinking, brought up a pretty valid point. And it pissed me off that he did so. But his point was this. All you people, and that's certainly not all you people, but certainly a bunch of you people, who consider yourself to be free-thinking progressive types, people who are so anti-immigration policy and so open-minded, open-hearted, and certainly want families to be together. Many of you live in gated communities, protected in your own little kingdoms, in your own little worlds. And if somebody was to broach and breach the sanctity of your little room, you would certainly have security called upon them to have them removed and possibly arrested and separated from their families. And you wouldn't have a problem with that now, would you? Interesting. I thought about that and I said, wow, it sucks that you might be right about something. You're not right about a lot, but that's a little bit true. You know, you think about the elite, the Hollywood folks, the intellectuals, Many of them, or many of you, or many, I don't know, I'm certainly not one. I'm not that damn intellectual, and I certainly don't live in a glass palace, and I certainly don't live in a gated community. 
And so I don't identify with you that much in a lot of ways. Uh, the notion of progressive to me would be all-encompassing. I would think a progressive thought would be peaceful, and yet look at the venom that's coming out of so many of these progressives um, against a man, a, a, an idiot. It really doesn't matter. Acting with anger and venom when another person's acting like an idiot brings you to their level. And I think to myself, there's a, there's a, a saying that Gandhi had said, you know, be the change you want to see in others. And I think to myself, is that really what we've devolved into? A bunch of angry people yelling and screaming at each other? Seems so. Seems so. I listen to more anger that's come out of the last year and a half than I can remember in many years past. Um, oh, here we go. I'm about to now share the feed. I thought I had done that before. So give me a second. I only got a few people listening right now. Got a few people on the line now. That's wonderful. Although I don't have a screener, so I have no way to know who you are or what you have to say. So I may very well just pick up the line and say, who the heck are you and what do you have to say? And if I do that, don't be afraid. Just say, just listening. Just say, I've got something I want to talk about. I don't know. You'll have an opportunity to say what it is you like, when it is you like to say it. Um, and I will give zero warning when I do it um, because... I don't know, because I can. And let's keep this show lively if we can. Why the heck not? Uh, so anyways, back to the whole progressive notion. We, so many of us, consider ourselves to be progressive-minded and that uh, Republicans, you know, are, are, are demons. And look, don't get me wrong. I'm a libertarian type of a person. I care about liberty and justice and freedom, personal freedom. That's all I care about. I don't give a damn about your... Republican, Democrat bullshit, because that's all it is, okay? I don't care about any of that. What I care about is my freedoms, your freedoms, the freedoms of those of us around us. That's the only thing I care about, okay, when it comes to politics. So please do not take my rants as being directed in one direction or another. They're both wrong. I wish there was a third one that was viable, but they're both wrong. They're both extremely wrong. So I'm pointing out some of the flaws. Clearly, there's no shortage of flaws that the Republicans have, and I have no problem. Everybody knows them. I hear them constantly in my ears. So I want to point out some of the other flaws that I've noticed. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we could take note and correct them. Maybe if we were to look and say, what would it take to be effective? What would it take to accomplish something in this world? Set out some goals. Why don't we follow some principles that work? Set out some goals and say, how are we going to accomplish? Why don't we set a business plan for our freedom? Why don't we create a plan? So I think about the whole notion of, you know, Lord Obama and his amazingness and, and you know, all the hope and change that he brought to us. Um, the whole notion that everybody's equal and that everybody, you know, should get their, their, their slice and this whole sort of, uh, you know, uh, share the wealth sort of thing. And then I find out that Obama's in town to raise some money. Turns out he's a really good fundraiser. And he's at a luncheon that costs $10,000 a plate to sit at. 
$10,000 a plate. And that, that luncheon itself, I think I, I got the number right. I don't didn't double-check or vet my sources. I got something that, that, that luncheon cost about a quarter of a million dollars to produce. And I think to myself, I bet you could fix a couple of potholes with that. I bet you could feed a couple of hungry folks. I bet you could do something good with that. But what are we doing? We're battling the political machine again. We're raising money so that we can keep shit the way it was. Because that's what we do. So I just want to think about our ideals and just wonder if we were to stop and, 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 and take some peaceful thoughts and, and act in a concerted, peaceful way, it would make all the idiots that were jumping up and down and looking like little children, they would be all alone instead of both sides doing it to each other, both looking like equal fools. we got a lot of fools running around, and I just, you know, I don't want to be one of them. I'm not going to be somebody that's, what good does it do? So I do want to point out a couple of things that I noticed. And number one, the media, I'm sorry, the media is messed up. And I don't mean the media is messed up that, you know, it's it's this media or that media, but really, you know, look at your media source and see the story they tell. And ask yourself this. Are they telling the truth from a journalistic point of view? Or are they trying to get a message out. It's just propaganda. And the truth is, in most cases, there's a political bent to the message. I'm sorry. I wish there wasn't. But in most cases, there is. And it really, I don't care which one it is. They're both wrong, as I continue to say. One side of this equation is not right, and the other one's not wrong. It's not, it's, holy shit, I'm wearing the same shirt I was last week. Go figure. I guess I got a Wednesday shirt. <laughs> what? And I don't even have a ribbon on. For it. Son of a bitch. Here it comes. Coming right. in. Coming in. There it goes. We got a ribbon, <laughs> ribbon coming Many into the market here. I apologize. <laughs> I, I guess you've got to watch a nude show because I was naked without this sucker. And you too can wear your own ribbon. Just join the Human Solution International for 420 a month. There we go. Or $15 a year. Lisa is absolutely correct and accurate in that. So, anyways. If, we're, if our goal in life is to make the playing field equal and everybody should have their share and every, the government should take care of everybody and all of this lovely stuff, why the hell are we having exclusive $10,000 a plate dinners? I just am curious about that. And why is that good and why is that okay? And how is it that we create an environment where the people – that we love to hate the most can make a quarter million dollars from a single speaking engagement. Um, I just, you got to wonder what kind of a system we've created. Anyways, back to the news. So I, I, I'm very much, I listen to a lot of different media sources. I watch some. I listen to a lot of them. And I would like to think in some way that, you know, there was a good source that I could say didn't have its own agenda, but if you just are honest, and if you actually, what you know the way to be honest is go to an event, experience it for yourself, and then watch the news coverage of it, and you will find out that most of the time, it's not the same thing. It's a very narrow vision of the same thing. All right, looks like we got Craig Cecil calling in a little early today, or I'm yapping a little long, so... Let's see what Craig has to say. Calling from 
federal prison in Terre Haute, Indiana, where he's serving life in prison for pot. Good job, everybody. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Work for a union company. 
they found some go-around. And, I, and I'm not sure how that's going to play out, you know, all over the place. Now, mind you, I'm from Chicago, which is a very strongly union area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, notoriously strong. In many of the, uh, like in, in any of the government buildings, you, you're not allowed to work there as a construction worker unless you are a union uh, cardinal. Right, right. And you can't get building permits and all kinds of things unless you have that. They're just a very strong union area. And I don't see them letting go of a lot of that yet, but I, I think they're going to find a way to, you know, make like two classes of employees in the union and not union. Well, I think I think it's it's at least a step in my mind um, that that offers maybe a chance for some change to be made. You know, the the entrenched uh, practices of union thuggery um, are are prevalent in so many areas. And you know, you look at the uh, states that are broke, and you look at why they're broke, and a lot of times it has to do with the pension plans of of uh, state union. You know. State workers, uh, I don't know so much about the federal employees, but certainly the state employees, uh, their their uh, pension plans are rigged in such a way that they can spike them up the last couple of years, and then they get paid for the rest of their life, and it's unsustainable, and that's what's happening right now is they rob Peter to pay Paul for, you know, people that work for 15 years in a, in a government job and they haven't worked for 15 years, and they're going to live for another 20 or 30. So I think that there's a, a number of possible benefits to uh, to that ruling, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I agree. I agree, especially amongst the Bureau of Prison employees. Uh, the vast majority of them spend more years retired than working. Exactly. So they have a mandatory, a mandatory retirement age of 57 years old. Wow. Most of them retire, you know, almost 10 years before that. Wow. Like you say, they, they, they appoint them to some top job in their last year or two to pump up their, uh, you know, their uh, retirement benefits. But, and they, they typically take the last year or so off because they can save up, I think it's like uh, four weeks a, a year of sick uh, days. And they save those up until they get, you know, uh, two or three thousand hours to sick days, and they just take off the last year, year and a half. Wow. Well, you know, again, it's a system that is corrupt. It's a system that's rigged, and if it's rigged, people can know how to rig it and 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 play it. And that's you know that's the problem with with the old school system. That's the problem with politics. It's the problem with things as they are. The government is rigged to to sustain itself. To feed itself, and and it feeds off of us. Um, things like these institutional um, uh, systems, like these these old unions, are certainly uh, you know a similar kind of thing. You know, they've evolved out of a need back at one time, but certainly the things have changed. You know, people talk about uh, so many things being different. Well, that's certainly one of them in my eyes. I agree. I agree. Like the union manages to keep this whole prison open, they they built a brand new prison right across the street to replace this one, and that opened in I believe it was 2004 or 2005. Well, they cleaned this one out of inmates, and then they decided, you know, with pressures from the union and all that, they reopened it. And this building and all that that was built in 1937, like 
The windows haven't been painted since it was built. <laughs> how rusted and falling apart these things are. There's wow. steel doors all over with big rust holes in them. There's, I mean, the, the whole place is decrepit. <laughs> but the unions managed to keep it open to, to keep their, you know, their federal jobs safe. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, um, we, we did have... Uh, a bit of positive news from the from the human side of things, um, and I was going to talk about it later. But in California, um, the judge that had given that light sentence to the uh, kid that was a rapist raped the girl behind the um, the dumpster. Uh, they recalled his ass, and uh, he's no longer a judge. And that was the first time since I think they said it was like 1917 or something like that that a judge, at least in, in California, had been recalled. And I think to myself, finally something pissed off the people enough to do something about it. And, you know, I was talking about, you know, the venom that's coming out of both sides of the political spectrum and no action really coming out of it besides a few people just yelling and screaming and, and, and online, you know, uh, you know, violence, if you will. But... This is a real action. People got together, they got the votes together, they got it on the ballot, and they elected the bastard out. And now he's not a judge anymore. And now he can't do the shit he was doing. So, you know, I was I was actually pretty proud of everybody for that one. <laughs> I like that. And I, I hope that's making people feel more empowered. I mean, President Trump even leans a bit towards that because... In a traditional sense, he has nothing that qualifies him to be president. I mean, right. His public appearance has, you know, to the experts, has had absolutely everything wrong with it. <laughs> Americans elected him, probably because he's not falling in line with, you know, that, uh, the That was exactly it. They hated Hillary, and they hated the current system, and he represented everything that wasn't Hillary and that wasn't the current system. And, you know... We got what we elected. <laughs> like it or not. I'll bring you into a, I'll bring you into a little argument that I've had with my daughter. <laughs> As you know, uh, the uh, cases that President Trump has picked for clemency and uh, or for pardons have all been championed by some sort of celebrity. Right. You know, being Kim Kardashian for Alice Johnson. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone for one of them. And yeah. I, we, Oh, yeah, who's that? And, uh, she, and she's, uh, she's kind of on the fence about it. <laughs> and I thought, who else would be the person to advocate for for a marijuana criminal than Tommy Chong? Oh, that was exactly who... Tommy Chong's side. That's exactly who I was thinking. I thought first Cheech Marin, but he's kind of a square compared to Chong. So I said, I, that was as you were saying that, I was thinking, Tommy Chong, he'd be the perfect guy. I love it. I love it. Well, tell tell her that I agree with you. I think he. I I think. I think Trump would listen to him. I think he would. I think I, I honestly believe Trump would give him an audience at the White House. I, uh, if he gave Kim Kardashian an audience, they would be the, the headline of every. I I. Every media outlet across the country. I totally agree, and 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 you know he he's certainly moved by 
by things that get people's attention and uh, that give him attention, and you know that would give him some attention.
it was good that we had some things to talk about and did take some of the wind out of my sails today because I did want to talk about those things, but I'll, I'll revisit some of them. Um, but before we left off, uh, oh, and Mary's back. Wonderful. Thank you, Mary. I'm glad you made it, and I appreciate you being here. And I now have screen calls, and I want to thank everybody that has called um, for, for popping in. I don't have to surprise attack you. I know who's here to listen. I know who's here to talk. And uh, if you want to join the conversation or you want to add something to it or, or take something away from it, um, all you got to do is pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. Again, this show is brought to you by the Coffee Party, Coffee Party Radio Network, of which I am now the only show and have been for several months now. Um, but we've, we've prevailed. We've, we've stayed the course as we have as an organization and as we have as individuals. We keep on marching. We keep on doing this, and we keep making it happen. And we will march to the end of our goal, which is ending prohibition. And we'll keep going after that. We'll find other, um, other and not difficult uh, uh, tasks human rights issues to, to champion. But as it is right now, we're working on ending prohibition. We're working on um, maintaining and restoring veterans' rights, disabled people's rights specifically. Um, as much as there are all kinds of other efforts um, to deal with, we care about them, but they're not specifically what we are championing uh, today. And so when I see a lot of political posts on the Human Solution pages, I pull them down. And I may love the people who are posting them, and I may even personally agree with them, but it's not what the Human Solution is about today. Right now we're, we're worrying about ending prohibition. We're not worrying about it. We're actually fixing it. So why don't, rather than yelling, screaming, bitching, whining, moaning about things that you don't really have much you can do to change it. Why don't you help us do what we can to change this and make a world where we can be free, where we can be free to grow, possess, transport, transport give away, sell, share, buy, make stuff out of, whatever we want to do with this plant, just like we can any other plant. Why don't you help us do that? That'd be great. And we would get there faster. We would, we would accomplish this. So why don't we get these poor bastards out of jail, out of prison. Um, Craig Cecil's a good guy. He did not ever hurt anybody. He was victim of a situation that, whether he knew what he was doing entirely or not, shouldn't matter. He didn't have a victim. He didn't hurt anybody ever, not once. To be serving life in prison for that, it makes no sense on any level. I don't care if you're a legalist, a moralist, a pragmatist, uh, deist, I don't care who you are, there is not one place, no ist you could be, where Craig Cecil belongs in prison. Not for a day, a week, a month, or a year, Not certainly not for life. Why aren't we doing something about that? Why are we so busy bitching and whining and moaning about things that are important? Yeah, they're important, but you know what? If it happened to you, if you, if, if Craig happened to you, I can guarantee you things would be a little different things would be a lot different. So I would certainly like to see uh, a little bit more help around here. We can certainly use it. Um, looks like we lost Pete Yapel. I'm going to get him on the line here real quick. Anyways, back to um, this 
story about the coverage of this protest. So I'm watching the news or listening to the news, and I'm hearing about these clergy members that are protesting in front of the federal court building. And then I come to get a different side of the story, and I find out that there's a couple dozen of them at best. And there's news cameras all over the place, and they're reporting the hell out of this. Massive protest against against the immigration shit going on. And again, this has nothing to do with what I personally think about it. I'm talking specifically about the news coverage of it. Okay? I remember very clearly when I was going through my trial in Long Beach in 2011, in 2010, 2011, we had a total of 20, 25 days in court where we had a minimum of 20 or 30 and a maximum of a few hundred sometimes people protesting. And this was not a little protest. This was not a couple of people sitting in the street. This was hundreds of people with signs, marching, chanting for all day long, for days. This was for for 18 days in court during the trial and another, I don't know, six or seven pretrial dates that we actually protested at. <coughs> and you know what? Every day we were out there, we called the news. We called into their hotlines. We called into their news stations. We had different people call. We had different numbers. We had every possible news outlet. And during the course of the whole thing, how many news agencies do you think showed up? Well, I got a call one day from a local radio news station, and it happened to be one of the days it was raining, which, of course, as you can imagine, put the damper on a protest. We did have some people out there protesting, but it was pouring rain, and I get a phone call from KNX News 1070, and I got a call from the reporter that says, hey, I understand there's a big protest scheduled down at Long Beach Court, and I said, yes, absolutely, okay, well, we're going to have somebody down there, and they didn't show up, or maybe they drove by, and it wasn't, it didn't suit their mission's needs, I don't know what it was, but when I see overwhelming coverage of a dozen people sitting in the road, because it fits a political message, and 18 days of hundreds of people protesting, never got a single minute of TV coverage, not one minute. We got some newspaper coverage, and we got a little bit of radio coverage from a couple of little local places, but the mainstream TV news would not show up. They wouldn't show up. And we called them every single day. I got to wonder, is this news? Is it propaganda? What is it? I don't know. Just something to think about. I definitely want this show to inspire thought, to inspire actions that can be effective. Just a thought. All right, we got Glenn Keeling on the road, on the road, on the on the line right now. And uh, if somebody can get a hold of Pete, tell him to call back. I got plenty of time for him, but um, he dropped off. Now, Glenn Keeling is somebody that I am very pleased and proud to be working with right now. Um, Glenn is 
currently fighting a case. Um, he's had his life turned upside down on more than one occasion. He's facing ridiculous charges in Ohio where they passed laws that should have protected him. And I keep talking about this because we keep doing it. We keep going, oh, we just need to pass the law and everything's great. Everybody's celebrating Oklahoma. Let's see how it works. I know you guys did it, and I salute you for doing it. But you know what? Don't stop fighting until it's over. People are still going to go to jail in Oklahoma. I can guarantee it. They're still going to jail in California. They're still going to jail in Ohio. They're still going to jail in Oregon. They're still going to jail in Washington. They're still going to jail in Colorado. They're still going to jail everywhere we've passed these laws. It's not the end game. Yeah, it's a stepping stone. Great, we took a baby step. Good job. We should have done this years and years ago. What has to happen is public sentiment needs to change. It needs to no longer be okay to spend tax dollars locking people up for this plant. That hasn't happened yet, because tax dollars still are very supportive of locking people up for this plan. They can still take assets, and even if you beat your case, they can still beat you. And that's just how it happens. So Glenn is in the middle of fighting a battle, and yet he's helping us help you. He's helping us help others. He's helping us end prohibition, and that's what we're here to do today. Glenn, as always, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Joe, thank you for having me on. We're doing really good here. Um, oh, boy, I'll tell you what, listening and reading, man, it, it, this is ridiculous. Prohibition for cannabis has, has gone way beyond what it really needs to do. Uh, people, we're good people, and it's not just us. There's good people all across this country that that is facing horrible amount of times. We you just got done talking to one that, that is serving Craig Cecil, life in prison for a plant. That is absolutely ridiculous. That that's beyond inhumane. That it's very hard to describe the feeling of going through a case and hearing people that are serving life sentences for a plant. It it just it, it's just unbelievable of what they're doing because of a plant to good people. Um, you know, we're, we're facing, both Peggy and I, we have 15 charges. Um, and it's stemming from simply following state law. And it, and it just goes to show, even though state has allowed cannabis in the state, does not mean that you're protected, does not mean that even in states that are legal for adult recreational use, there's still people being arrested. Don't carry a half a gram over what you're allowed because they'll hammer your ass. And it's ridiculous. We're adults. We should be allowed to use a plant freely to heal ourselves regardless of what our condition is. Regardless of what condition we're using cannabis, it needs to be part of our everyday diet. It's something that we need to survive on. We don't get it from any other plants other than cannabis. I couldn't agree more. I, um, you know, it's a, it's a thing that I don't know how many times I've I've made the challenge, made the offer, made the invitation, however you want to call it, 
to anybody to talk to me about why cannabis needs to be regulated the way it does. And nobody's ever done it. And I, you know, in some part of me, some probably egotistical, arrogant side of me says, oh, they just, no, they can't. But the truth is, people are generally lazy, and, um, you know, they probably wouldn't see what value it would have to come in and try to debate their point with me. Um, who knows why they haven't? But the truth is, you can't. Um, right. This is something that, if you know the plant, and you know about it, and it's 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 relative safety to every other substance on the planet, you cannot give me a solid, fact-based, scientific-based evidence why this plant needs to be regulated any more than a cabbage does. You can't do it. And you can talk about the children, and you can talk about the psychoactivity, and you can talk about the gateway, and I can tell you the truth about it. And the truth is that compared to anything else on the planet, there is no validity to the reasons that they've given us as to how and why it needs to be regulated and taxed and prohibited the way it has been. There just isn't. It's right. It's it's not fact-based. And that's what we're up against. We're up against a system of deceit. We're up against lies. We're up against twisted, fuzzy logic and fuzzy math. And you can only beat that with the truth. And when people, people need to have an open mind to allow the truth in. Right. And, you know, it, you know but there is no possible logical argument that can – I mean, and, and that's probably why, Joe, nobody has argued with the effects because there is no logical reason why this plant needs to be under lock and key as it is. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's right, but a child can eat a bud or two of a cannabis plant and absolutely no harm. But now that child, same child, gets into a bottle of their parents' pills. No telling what kind of damage that will do to a child. And I'm not saying that, you know, leave your medicine laying around because that's irresponsible. There is absolutely no harm in over 10,000, 25,000 years of existing on Earth. There has never been a death from cannabis. It is humanly impossible. 4.3 metric tons is what you need to ingest in a 15-minute period for even to come close to an intoxication. And that is humanly impossible to do. This is absolutely the safest plant, safest chemical on the face of this earth. And, and, and that's absolutely why nobody can tell you, Joe, why this plant needs to be under lock and key like it is. Because there's no lock... A logical person can't argue that fact. It's just not there. And why the government sees fit to continue to lie to us day after day after day, telling there's this gateway, it's harms, it leads to other... Bullshit. Bullshit. If it was so bad back in 1984, 6630507 would not have been given to the government. Period. They don't give... They do not give patents out for things that do not work. Cannabis works. That's why they've got a patent for it. 
since then, <laughs> there's been a, 19 different patents given out to different companies, different agencies of government for cannabis. But yet they still tell us it's gateway. There's no medical value. Then why in the hell do they keep giving these companies patents for cannabis? And it doesn't matter how much synthetic cannabis that they put on the market, no matter how much they claim that synthetic cannabis is bullshit. Synthetic cannabis is a bunch of chemicals that a man sat in a lab and mixed together to mimic what the plant is. If you have to mimic what the plant is, you're wrong. You're doing it wrong, and you're an asshole, period. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, yeah, and they just, FDA just passed some CBD uh, uh, seizure medication. And right. so, uh, you know, it's it's a it. We're making some inroads, but unfortunately, you know, the money it takes to get FDA approval of something is so big that whatever effect it's going to have is not going to help the little guy. It'll open the door for the big guys to get in, and then they'll come in and say, "Well, you're you can't make a product that's FDA approved unless it's in an FDA approved facility," and then all of a sudden you're stuck to a whole other set of rules and standards and regulations. And that's, that's, it's a double-edged sword, folks. All this regulation and passing, it, it, it's going to help a couple of people, but most people are going to end up um, being laid out as criminals just, just the way they like to do. Right, absolutely. You know, the synthetic, even the CBD, synthetic CBD, why synthetic? Just take it from the goddamn. Just take it from the plant. Why? Why does man see fit to sit in a white room with a mask on, mixing different chemicals to mimic what is naturally there? Just take it from the damn plant. Quit pissing around with chemicals and release the plant. Period. I. I it just. It's beyond me that why do we continue to sit and mix shit together? to make it appear to be medicine when you've got the real thing. Take it from the plant. Use the plant the way it's supposed to be. Quit fucking around in a lab. Do it the right way. It just frustrates me, frustrates me to no end that, you know, that people will buy into the synthetic and and claim that it's real. They've had deaths from synthetic cannabis. We cannot get it right. Man, is an idiot. It doesn't matter how much education you got. Man makes mistakes. You're not going to get it right. Take it from the plant. Listen, people, we can only help you if you reach out. You can find me on Facebook, Glenn Keeling. You can find us under Creative Care Beacon, the Human Solution International Ohio chapter, or simply give me a call at 419-863-0498 can't help you unless we know that something's going on. Well, I I couldn't agree with you more, and I appreciate uh, everything you're doing in the midst of all your own dramas and traumas. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I I hear people all the time, you know, when you talk about, well, can you help? And, well, I got my own shit going on. I got, you know, I got commitments. I got, uh, that was the latest thing I got was, you know, how I'm, Constantly 
urging people to do more, help out, be a part of this, you know, help us make history. However I can sugarcoat it, make it make it appealing, make it, you know, whatever, I want more people to help. I, it's, it's not just for me, it's for everybody. We'll get the goals accomplished faster, and um, it, everybody benefits. Everybody wins when we work together like this. And the right. thing that people don't realize is I do have an ulterior motive. When you help something that's bigger than yourself, you get a profound benefit from it. And um, it's 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 something that I can't describe. Uh, I can't I can't tell you about it. All I can do is show you. And so um, you know that's 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 what it's all about. So Glenn, I'm 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 pleased that uh, you guys are hanging tough, and um, I'm pleased that uh, you know you you take the time to join us, and uh, you know we go on from there. Right on. You know. It- Joe, this fight is not just our fight. I mean, yes, we're the ones who's sitting here at the table going through this, but it's not just for us. It, it, it's to make things right and to make them do things the right way. This, every person that's going through a case, everybody needs to be involved because that could be you. Everybody needs support everybody because it, it's this problem is bigger than just one person. We all need to come together. We all need to continue to fight for each other because this, this cannabis case that we're going through is not just for us. Every other Ohioan that's in this state that is doing it the right way. You know, I, I mean, Joe, I am absolutely thrilled and honored to be working with the Human Solution with you guys. A great bunch of people, and I, I'm very honored to have you guys standing there at the table with us, and I'm very thankful for every one of you guys that are there with us. Well, the best is yet to come. The cool thing is, you know, we've been doing this now for uh, almost 10 years, and, um, you know, we've been making some, we've been making some, uh, some progress, um, but the truth is we're getting to a spot now where we're, we're gaining some real, we're gaining some real ground, and we're we're possibly seeing the finish line here, and there is a, a real finish line um, um, in our future. We can totally uh, um, we can accomplish this. That's all I can say. And so right. um, we we got some good people that have been coming together. Um, the organization's getting stronger by the day. We're getting. Um, these little chapters and outposts that are that are gaining in strength, and we're we're about to uh, you know have this uh, worldwide uh, public access um, coverage that's that's getting out there bigger and broader, and um, you know it's exciting to be with this organization right now. All right, Glenn, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, we'll likely be talking in the morning tomorrow, and uh, I appreciate everything you're doing. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You guys have a good evening and a good, great show. Sounds good. Thank you very much. All right. So it looks like we got uh, Pete Yapel back on. It looks like um, our screener Mary dropped off, but she may be back on. But up oh, there she is. All right, Mary. I got I got Pete already up. Oh, you're going to screen him anyway. So you know what? You screen the heck out of him. We'll talk. We'll talk a little more. He needs a good screening. <laughs> we all need a good screening from time to time. Anyways. Um, I want to talk about Canada. I, I spoke with our uh, Canadian chapter leaders 
a couple of days back, and um, they're out of town right now, but they'll be coming aboard as a guest in the next uh, show or two, and uh, they just uh, presented at an event, and they said they had a lot of real positive response, and they're they're growing this chapter in Manitoba, and I'm so proud of them. I, I went up there last year with my wife, and um, just the the greatest people, the loveliest people, just love Canadians. I just, I don't know, something about their their just kindness and in, in their spirit. And yet there's a fight to them. Uh, we had a couple of them that, that have, you know, we've shared uh, uh, interviews on each other's shows and um, just salt-of-the-earth folks. Love, love our Canadian brothers and sisters. Anyways, um, as you may have heard or seen on Facebook or listened in the news or whatever, they've passed some sort of a, a legalization measure over there, and woohoo, they're the second uh, nation to be legal. Legal, folks, legal. Think about that term, legal. What does legal mean? Legal. Let's look it up. Let's just take a second here and let's do a little research. Legal. And let's see what that means. Legal, of, based on, or concerned with the law. Permitted by law. Permitted by law. Okay, so the problem with something being permitted by law is there are clear definitions of what that means. And what is and what isn't, what is is and what isn't is, as We've seen so many times, if you've ever spent any time in the legal system, clearly we don't have a justice system, but in the legal system, um, these legal terms and definitions of what is, is, and what is, isn't, and what this means, and that means, and the other thing means, um, guess what, folks? It's not freedom. It's not freedom. In Arizona, it wasn't clearly defined, so they decided two judges ruled Years, eight years after they passed their law, guess what? No concentrates for you because it didn't specifically say you can have concentrates. Well, guess what, folks? It's not the way it's supposed to work in the legal system. When they pass a law that is vague or ambiguous and there is a challenge to the law or something that's outside of it, the decision is supposed to err on the side of a defendant. And let's just look it up in big law. I did a lot of uh, looking up shit this week, and we're going to just get into it for a second. Vague law's meaning. Um, when a law is vague. I'm sorry to drag you through this, but I wish more people would spend more time looking more shit up. we go. Dead air space. we got to love that. All right, here we go. An American constitutional law statute is void for vagueness and unenforceable if it's too vague for the average citizen to understand. A statute is also void for vagueness if a legislator's delegation of authority to judges or administrators is so extensive that it would lead to arbitrary prosecution. Well, that's not getting me what I'm looking for, but <clears throat> what does it mean when a law is void for vagueness? Well, anyways, I will find the correct bit of this law that I'm talking about. 
But when a law is written vague, it's not supposed to be interpreted as permissive in the sense of the Constitution articulates the rights that are given to us, granted to us by our creation, by our creator, given to us because we live. That's it. We get all of that stuff just because we're born, because we breathe air, because we have a beating heart. Okay? All the laws that are passed restrict those things. They say you can have anything you want, it gives you life, liberties, pursuit of happiness, free speech, and all that lovely stuff, except here, 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 and it goes on and on and on. Now, when a law comes back and grants a right, which is really twisted, because you got to pass a law that prohibits the right first. So they pass a law saying all drugs are illegal. Schedule one, you don't get it. And then they come back and pass another law on top of that. says, well... You can have it if. That's where this stuff gets messed up. So if they pass a law that's vague and says you can have marijuana or a marijuana-derived product, which is what the Arizona law said, it's pretty vague and it kind of implies if it's made from marijuana, cannabis, you can have it. But they just ruled that because it didn't clarify concentrates as they're defined today, um, no, don't get it. That's wrong, very wrong, wrong on many levels, but that's the way it is. That's what just got happened today. All right, we got Pete Yapel. Pete Yapel is another warrior that I'm pleased and proud to to be fighting alongside and with and, and um, uh, a regular on the show, and as I am on his, but uh, Pete's got all kinds of good uh, news information. He's been spearheading this whole project of the public access television shows that he's already broadcasting on, and we're trying to figure out over here how to do the same. We will accomplish it, I assure you. Pete April, without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey, Joe, man. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> Hey, listen, it, you may not want to be wishing for that too quick, man. It's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, it's all right. We do we, so we a lot of work. It's our favorite thing to do. Oh, I, I know that, man. But it, listen, this has been, a, it's been an excellent extension. Uh, it, it's a huge way to grow. Um, here, our market now, we've been offered up Manhattan as well. So we're over a million people's in over a million people's homes. Um, yeah, it's, it's so awesome. We drop our show off tomorrow night and it'll air Saturday morning at, uh, uh, Saturday evening at six o'clock and then Sunday and then follow it up again by running Sunday mornings at eight. So um, we're, we are so psyched and stoked, man. And through all this, while we were at the studio there, there, uh, you know, going over the equipment, meeting everybody and all. We were introduced to this gentleman that was being interviewed there, and his name is uh, Lenny Grouper. And Lenny's uh, throwing a music festival in Lackawaxon, Pennsylvania. And he asked us if we would cover the event. Nice. If we would cover it. So we're going that, to, that's the, that's the goal now for July 14th. Um, me and Helen, and of course, James and Nikki, because, you know, gosh, without them, we hardly can do anything. Um, or any 
get anything accomplished fully anyway. Uh, so uh, the four of us are going to go out and just, man, we're going to have a hell of a good time and, uh, you know, spread some joy and love. We get to put our table up, so we'll have the banners up. We'll have our information there. Um, it, it, it's going to be a great – I mean, I'll tell you, things op- when things open up and, like we say, new things, you know, we've tried so many things. Like, I, I, as much as I despise Facebook, you know, I look at it daily a little bit. And, but the thing I always look at are my memories, and I look at them because it disgusts to me that I say, am saying the same things today on Facebook about cannabis <laughs> that I was saying four fucking years ago. So it, it's you know what I mean, like it, and it's great. Don't get me wrong; I made a lot of great friends and connections. I've met you through Facebook, but uh, but uh, it, it's not the tool we we need. Uh, we need to change things up. We need to get into our people's homes. We need them to understand. We need our we need kids to have a different understanding. You know, like we're in a prime time at time. You know, we really have to watch our show now and make it. And, and the transition, Joe, from radio to television format that we're doing is very, very uh, challenging because, you know, you have to make it entertaining. You have to make it, you know, keep people – but the whole time we need to be driving home, educating about this plant, the fact that nobody should ever be in jail for this plant for, for any reason, for any reason whatsoever, people. That means I don't care if you grow, if you manufacture, if you transport – Whatever you do with the cannabis plant should be just like the grass in your front lawn. When they start monitoring on that, then, you know, then worry. But, my God, the plant has been here before us, as Joe said last week, and I love this because I've used it 100 times in the last week. It was here before us. It'll be here long after we are gone. The plant is supposed to be here to help us. So why don't we utilize something that can not only help people with their health, but could better fuel, could better insulate, can better tile, can better, you know what I mean? Really, we can clean the earth. We can clean the soil growing hemp. I mean, the, the, the reasons why everybody is afraid of pot or has this, still this stigma against cannabis is, it, to me, is ridiculous anymore. It is as simple as turning on your computer. And, you know, you want to look up negatives? Yeah, there'll be some negatives, but let me tell you what, the positives completely and far outweigh and debunk the negatives every single time. So let's stop holding a plant hostage. Let's stop holding people hostage. We have people serving life terms, as we know, and we talk to on the show, Craig uh, Craig Cecil, every week. Um, People are serving life in prison for a plant. This doesn't make sense. So we need to keep finding new venues. This local access thing I think is great because once you start getting you our, our, your shows, we'll just set a time slot, a local time slot up for it, and we can air the Cup of Joe on the East Coast on TV in people's rooms. So, listen, there's a, all, it's, it's all about us all working together as one, as equals, to accomplish one goal, and that's to end prohibition. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, and and, uh, as we continue down the show, we're going to be talking about ways to do that, things to be effective, and things that work and things that don't work. So, uh, Pete, as always, I appreciate you being here. Why don't you let folks know how they can get a hold of you to help us finish our job? Absolutely. You can always reach me or my wife, Helen, at www.com. Canna we talk four two o dot com. Uh, you can also call me eight four five five two two three. 
3162. 845-522-3162. Anytime. Uh, For whatever it is, man, uh, you know, we're always here to help. And uh, that's kind of what it's all about. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much, Pete. Always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of things brewing, uh, so to speak, as a cup of joe might refer it to. Um, (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Anyways, it's a pleasure to work with you your wife and your team, and, uh, you know, we're going to keep on hammering until we get her done. Ellen said to make sure I said hello to you, Joe, and uh, to everyone, and uh, peace, everybody, and we'll speak to you next week. Well, I'll talk to you tomorrow, but to everyone else, let's, we'll talk next week. And hello, Helen. It's always a pleasure, and you're doing great work. I appreciate everything you're doing. Thanks, Joe. Uh <laughs> There you are. Next time, I'm not going to leave without saying goodbye. That that, that, that was rough, but we had a rough night. (laughs) Anyways, I will uh, talk to you guys very soon. Okay, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. All right. That's Pete and Helen Yapel, of course, the Solidarity Over Separation chapter of the Human Solution International out of New York. And uh, they've spearheaded this uh, public access TV project, which is, literally taking us to a whole new level, a whole new world, and um, we're learning it over here on the West Coast. We're a little slower on the uptake. It's a little different process, but we will get it. Um, So that all being said, um, I understand that uh, my lovely vice president has a couple of words that she wants to share with us, and so um, since we don't get commercial breaks, um, I'm going to go ahead and take this moment to uh, take a little break and Lisa's got a few things to say. Krista. Hi, guys. Okay, we're going to switch and give that man time to go do whatever he needs to do. Hi, guys. My name is Lisa Woldridge, and I am a stage 3 cancer survivor. That is how I discovered cannabis. Yes, I did chemotherapy, I did surgery, and I did radiation. It was when I found the radiation I was burnt so badly and in so much pain, and I did not want to take a bunch of big pharmaceutical drugs, and I said, I need to go look at the cannabis thing that people were talking about. So I went and I found it. I didn't come to the human solution because I needed them for a court case. I came because they were trying to protect what I now know is my medicine. I have a lot of anxiety when I go to the doctor's, as you would imagine, stage three. So every time I go to a doctor, I'm scared that maybe it's come back. What I use to keep that fear away from me is I use cannabis. Why? I had no idea. Cannabis, through the motion of apoptosis, will help cancer cells leave the body. The other thing is cannabis balances your endocannabinoid system. It helps the human body achieve homeostasis. This is so vitally important to us, we must all be aware of this. I have a friend right now, and her husband is battling prostate cancer. And she said to me, well, I might like to have him use some of that cannabis, but I don't want him to be high. Okay. He's taking fentanyl, Dilaudid, and morphine. How high do you think he is? I'd rather be high than dead. I talk to people who will talk to me and they'll say, oh, I like that cannabis, but they won't let me post anything 
about it on their Facebook page. You're like, oh no no, I got people. They don't want. They don't, I don't. I, I can't do that. Why can't you do that? There are human beings that are locked up. They're separated from their families. I don't want to be separated from mine. Nobody needs to be separated from anybody. This drug war thing, which is a war against human beings, is a lot bigger. It's all about greed and it's all about money and it's about the people at the top. We are the people that are here. We need to protect ourselves. We need to protect that plant. That plant is what balances our body. There is nothing else on this planet, nothing else on this planet that hooks into the endocannabinoid system in our bodies like the cannabis plant does. There is vast information available. That's how I learned it. I've spent hundreds of hours researching, finding things out. That's what you guys can do. Please, please, please help us. I'm selfish. I want to make sure it's here for me so that I can stay around. 75% of the people are dead in 4.75 years from the type of cancer that I had. It's all about nutrition. Cannabis is an herb. It's part of my nutrition. Please help us. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of getting high. Do not be afraid of speaking out. I have my Facebook page. I leave it as my page because that's the best way for me to reach you guys. It's kind of difficult sometimes because I'm exposed out there, but it's important to me. It's important to me that it's available for you. It's important to me that it's available for children, for my grandkids, for people I know, people I don't know, because we all need to be balanced. We all need to have a smile on our face. We don't want to be hurting each other out here. It's a big planet and there's a lot of people. So let's make everybody happy. Let's all get together. Let's organize ourselves. Let's not fight amongst ourselves. Let's not worry about Democrats, Republicans, and all that. Let's worry about humans. One color, red is the blood. White are the bones. That's all that matters. Nothing of this other stuff matters. Let's worry about the plant, and it'll help fix all that other stuff. Anyway, Mr. Grumbine's back. I'm getting out of the seat. It's his turn. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. Well, thank you, Lisa, and uh, you're getting better and better at that. It's it's good it's good to uh, watch you grow into your into your voice. Maybe one day this will be your show. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Anyways, that all being said, um, she's right. You know, I don't know how many times I don't I don't talk about my personal business that much on the show, but. You know, I, I, I fight for the plant because I work with the plant. It's not a, it's not a secret. Um, and I don't know how many people that I, I hear what she was talking about say, well, you know, we want to we want to use the oil, but uh, we don't want to get high. What the hell is that? You know, think about that. Think about that scene, and think about that word high. <coughs> what does it mean? When you drink your first cup of coffee in the morning, what does it do? It lifts you up. It gets you high. What do you do when you eat a a, a tasty meal that's got a little bit of sugar in it? What does it do? It lifts you up. It gets you high. What do you do when you take any pharmaceutical drug that has a side effect? It gets you high. What do you do when you have your glass of wine? It gets you high. These things are all part of life. We live on a roller coaster. You have highs and lows. Highs and lows. So what? 
trip. I don't like the way it makes me feel. Well, do you like the way cancer makes you feel? Probably not. I don't know anybody who has chosen cancer as a way of life. I just think that if the truth was a little bit more acknowledged, if if we were to look at things for what they really are and, and, and pull away the sugar coating and see and, and just be honest, you know? I'm afraid. Oh, that's probably a better answer. I'm afraid. Well, I can deal with your fear. I can maybe help allay some of your fears. I can be with you through your fears. I can I can share my experiences and, and hold your hand while you're afraid. That I can deal with. But I don't like it. I don't want that. Well, I can't do much for that when you have an opinion that's like that. There's not a place for me to help you. So... Um, I have prior obligations. That was the comment that came last show, and I, I didn't respond to it. But, you know, some of us have obligations. Um, try getting locked up and see what kind of obligations you have, folks. Try getting arrested and charged with crimes. Try getting your ass out of jail. Talk about an obligation. <laughs> Been there done that too damn many times try being on bail for six years see what kind of obligations you have try standing up and fighting when you don't have to see what kind of obligations you have obligations are what you choose and if you choose that your job and your couch and your whatever your lifestyle is more important than the freedoms that we're fighting for, then be honest about it. Say, it's not important enough for me to take action. Okay, at least you're honest, not a fucking hypocrite. And I'm sorry, I love some of you people that I chastise. I really, really do. And if you know me personally, you know there's nothing but love in this heart. But just because I love you don't mean you don't need a slap upside the head. Don't mean I don't need one either sometimes. I'm willing to take as well as I give. But the truth is, we need to be honest. And we're not honest. We're opinionated. We're bigoted. We're afraid. We're angry. We're a lot of things. But we're not honest very often. Not completely, that is. You know, if you look at studies about people's lies, and you find out people lie all the time, constantly. People are constantly lying. Look up. How many times do people average lie during the course of the day? Turns out everybody's a friggin' liar. Everybody's lying, lying, lying about everything. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the problem. Could be, huh? Prohibition exists because of a series of lies, deceptions, cover-ups. That's all. It wouldn't exist if it wasn't for those things. Maybe a little truth might be warranted. Might be a time for it. Why don't we be honest? Truly, truly honest about some things. See what might change. Remember, when we keep doing the same thing that doesn't work for long enough, nothing changes. We're just crazy. I'm not saying we're not crazy. I'm just saying maybe we should try something different. All right. Part of the topic of the show, and I'm going to, I'm going to trail this into next show. It's the myths 
and Legends of the Cannabis Defense on a Cup of Joe. That was what I said I was going to talk about, and by gum, I will talk about it. Um, we talk about support, standing there, being being there for each other. That is a truth about a cannabis defense. Number one, the defendant has to be the biggest advocate. If the defendant's not the biggest advocate, just take a deal because it won't matter. Nobody can want this more than you. If you're fighting for your own freedom, act like it. That's the one thing I can say. If you're a serious advocate for somebody else, raise them up. Give them the courage to fight. Help them to fight. But they need to have it in their heart. They need to be the lion. If you're not the lion, be the lamb. Walk into it and give up. Lay your head down and let them cut it off, because they will. But if you are the lion, if you are willing to stand and fight, then do so. And if you're afraid, that's okay. Be afraid. I was scared shitless during my trial. I was always afraid. But it didn't matter. Being afraid doesn't matter. You can be afraid and fearless at the same time. Seems like a conundrum. But your heart can be afraid because you don't want the potential negative thing to happen to you. That's what fear's driven from. Fearlessness is your actions, your courage. You can be courageous and afraid at the same time. That's what we teach. That's what we advocate. That's what we encourage. That's what we hopefully are inspiring, and that's what we will enable. The courage is what's going to win this battle. Anyways, those are things that do work. When I first was fighting my case, I remember the first time I heard this term, of uh, admiralty law and maritime law and I'm a sovereign individual and it was it was a long time ago it was probably 2010 and I remember I was in the middle of fighting my first court case there's been three three felony cases that I've that I've fought and beat three times the government charged me with crimes And without me uh, ratting on a single individual, not once ever, without me cooperating with them even a little bit, they bowed three times. Now, I don't know where you sit, and I don't know what your experience is, but I don't know anybody else that can say that. And I'm not tooting a horn other than just saying, look, I'm serious. I'm serious about what I say. I'm serious about what I'm doing. I don't have to do this. It's been four years since my case was over. You think I am doing this because I get off on it? No, I need to change the world. We have we have a world that's fucked up, and there's still people getting locked up for a plant, and some of my friends are still locked up for this plant, and that's not okay. And I'm not willing to just sit by and let that be the case. So anyways, back in 2010, before my second case had really kicked in, I had a guy who I respected. He was seemed to be he was a good grower. I had my dispensary going on at the time. And um, you know, he came up to me and he said, you know, they don't have any rights in that court. And and he started telling me about the, you know, the corporation and the straw man and the all this stuff and, and all I had to do was this and he gave me this like little formula. And it all had to do with Admiralty law and maritime law and we're we're bowing to the constitutional law that that they're claiming that they don't have any jurisdiction over me. So that was his his concept. 
And since that time, I've met a lot of people that, that feel that same way. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that I have rights inherent to me just because I was born. I don't believe that the government has any right to oppress me on any level whatsoever. But I also realize that I'm bound by the laws of gravity, and if I decide to jump off a cliff, I will end up at the bottom, no matter what. There's all kinds of different laws. There's natural law, and there's there's higher law, there's there's uh, Quranic law, and there's there's uh, the law of the Torah, there's law of of Caesar, there's uh, constitutional law, there's institutional law, there's state law, family law, every kind of law. And where you are at any given place is going to determine what laws affect you personally. And how do you know when a law affects you personally? A law affects you personally when you break it and get caught. And what happens? Or if you are accused of breaking it and get caught. And what actually happens? That, my friends and others, dictates what the law is actually to you right now. In any given case right now, I have a dozen different conflicting laws that would apply to me in my mind, in whatever world that I choose to live in, but there's only certain ones that will actually affect me. Does that mean they're more legitimate than the others? No, not really. But if I determine that I'm bound by maritime law um, and I get pulled over for a speeding violation and I say to the law enforcement agent who pulls me over when he asks me for my license and registration, and I tell him that I don't have one because I'm not bound by your laws. Well, there will be a cause and an effect, and I will likely suffer as a result. Now, does that mean that I can't talk my way out of a situation? Does that mean that I can't bamboozle a certain person or another? Yeah, of course. I've seen cases where people didn't want to fight the crazy old man with the beard, and they let him go finally. I've seen that happen more than once, and it's always a crazy old man with the beard. I don't know why that is, okay, or a crazy old lady with a walker, okay. But the truth is, every once in a while, somebody wins some little battle with these rants. I'm not saying it's legitimate or not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not pleading this case. I'm just talking about facts as they are, truths. So, I went to Wikipedia. Now, do I consider Wikipedia the only source? No, but it's a source, and it's a fairly open source, and generally speaking, it tends to be fairly right. It certainly isn't biased by one side or another. Well, it is biased. Okay, great. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. I can go to, I went to about seven different uh, dictionaries, and I got the same basic answer, okay? I didn't just go to one. I did go to a number of them. And I actually looked for a source that would claim the opposite. And I couldn't find a real one. I found a bunch of claims by people and a bunch of manifestos and a bunch of things where people say stuff. But then I looked those things up and I found other things. So let's just start here. Admiralty law or maritime law is a body of law that governs nautical issues and private maritime disputes. Admiralty law consists of both domestic law on maritime activities, on maritime activities, and private international law governing the relationships between private bodies operating or using ocean-going ships. Last I checked, none of us are at sea right now, not any. While each legal jurisdiction usually has its own legislation governing maritime matters, 
the international nature of the topic and need for uniformity since 1900 has led to considerable international maritime law developments, including numerous multilateral treaties. All right. Matters dealt by admiralty law include marine commerce, marine navigation, salvage, and they're talking about ocean salvage, not aluminum can recycling, maritime pollution, seafarers' rights, and carriage by sea of both passengers and goods. It also covers, merit, covers land-based commercial activities that are maritime in character, such as marine insurance. Nowhere in this does it talk about sovereignty and straw man and because you don't have jurisdiction over me, why? Because I'm a ship, okay? I just, when I hear these terms, admiralty law and maritime law, and, I, and again, I, I, I welcome anybody to come on this show and explain to me the truth about this and how it's not correct. Woo, I got noncompliant Mary. She's got something to say. Now, again, my opinion is such that we have our own rights and that no government can take those rights away from us. But to claim maritime law as the law that dictates jurisdiction over me, I don't see facts that back it up. And I'm looking for those facts. Maybe noncompliant Mary has some facts. Let's see what she has to say. Mary, welcome to the show. I welcome your noncompliant conversation. <laughs> Hey, I just want to talk about being high. I love the conversation. That's a great conversation. (laughs) Tell me about high. Well, I had a real strong reaction when Lisa was saying about the woman who said that she doesn't want her husband to get high. And many of the things you said, yes, right there. But I just really, I want to talk about why some people have a hard time, what being high is. But first I want to talk about 20 years of depression that I personally experienced. And all I wanted to do was feel better. I remember I'd go to the, I had the best doctors and I had really good insurance. So I sent people through college, I'm sure. Um, I just wanted to feel better. How do you feel better? And I would, uh, you know, they would say, well, first you just sit up in bed and, you know, get up and brush your hair and brush your teeth. And you try to do these things to feel better. And I would do them. And, you know, it would be a little bit better. It wouldn't be quite so bad. Um, taking a shower was tiring, but I'd feel better until I found out what feeling better was all about. It was about not feeling like a victim. And how do you feel like a victim? Oh, life. And all the things we do that support victimhood. And what I found, for at least for me, is that when I could step outside of all the rules, all the things, the expectations, all the things that everybody wanted from me and the things that I wanted from myself that it demanded from me, that I wasn't good enough if I didn't do this. I, I needed to excel at this or that or the other thing. Whatever it was, I was piling on and I allowed others to pile on. I realized if I could step back from that, if I could not be in the drama, I'm a smart person. I can see if I can stand back. And cannabis allows me to put those walls down, allows me to step back out of the drama. I'm not standing back giddy, laughing like I'm drunk. I don't say stupid things. But for the moment that I'm high, I'm not in that drama. I can step back 
and I can look around and say, wow, this is what's happening. Wow, she's getting upset about this or he's about that. And I love that ability. It's like watching TV. You can watch a rape or a murder and you can turn it to a different channel and then go order Chinese food. How can you do that? Someone just got raped and murdered in front of you. You watched, you heard the screaming because you're not in the drama. You can look at it objectively. And that's what cannabis does for me. So for me being high, it means that I don't need to be in the middle of all the social conditioning. I don't need to react, respond according to what somebody says I should be doing. I can be 100% me, whatever that is, and I can gauge how invested I want to be in that or not. I can go order Chinese food and be perfectly fine, or I can get right in the middle of it. So for me, high is lowering those shields, like Scotty, beam me up, Scotty. You know, your shields are to protect you. Sometimes those shields are not protecting me. They're actually binding me into something that I don't want to be in. They're keeping me in the drama, and I don't want to be there. It's not mine. It doesn't work, but something in my brain, something in my conditioning, in my upbringing, whatever, is keeping me there and engaging me, and all I want to do is have some peace. And so cannabis allows me to choose what I want. So that's what I wanted to say for me. This is better than any antidepressant. Antidepressants just allowed me to feel a little better for a while until they added another drug because I wasn't feeling as good as I thought I should be. And I wound up on three shelves of, of pharmaceuticals to feel better. Instead, all I do is, and once I learned to put my shields down, I now use cannabis mainly for if I get some anxiety or if I have some pain, those are the two things, or to go to sleep, really three things I use it for. Because once you learn how to, how to put your shields down and let it just blow right on through and not, not walk into the drama, you've got it. it. You don't need something outside. Everything we need, we come into this world with. Life, just like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, I say, life is a matter, an opportunity to learn how to tap into what we already have. Cannabis helped me learn how to tap into what I created naturally within my body. And I love that. And I'm very grateful for it. And I want everyone to have that opportunity for the people that say, oh, no, I feel self-conscious. Well, what I say to them is, well, then maybe you're not comfortable with yourself because all we've done is allow you to be completely with yourself. We've allowed you to be naked. To everyone else in the room, you've got clothes on, you look fine. Don't worry about it. But to us, we're naked with ourselves. And that's not comfortable to some people. So I say, wonderful. We've identified an area that you could grow into, that you could um, learn about. And once you learn to love yourself, like for me, again, being a victim, not being good enough, all, whatever I could dream up. Once I learned to love me, I went back to kind of like in my mind and my heart, where am I coming from? You know, Mary, you did this wrong, you did that wrong. When I realized that I went back as far as being five years old. What's your intention? What's your agenda? What's your game, girl? All I wanted to do was love people and be loved. That was it. I have no hidden agenda. I have no secret game. I have nothing that I'm trying to pull on anybody. I just want to be in the middle of love because I feel good there, and I like feeling good. And once I realized that's what I was all about, I'm willing to forgive myself for anything. I'm willing to accept my learning curve. I'm willing to love me through it, and I'm willing to be naked with me because I know where I come from, I know what I'm trying to do, and I'm willing to help that girl through whatever she, whatever she brings into her plate. And that's cannabis. So that's my perspective on it. Wow, 
Well, I think that's a fantastic perspective, and, you know, it, it's a funny thing. This plant seems to do uh, what it needs to for, for everybody that's willing to engage it. And it doesn't do the same thing for everybody all the time. Um, for one person, it provides comfort. For one person, it provides clarity. For one person, it provides uh, a tumor shrinking. For one person, it helps them breathe better. Um, and, it, and it might not necessarily do that other thing for that other person. It seems to know what we need, and it seems to provide it. So, again, <laughs> I, I, I still haven't found any evidence that says this should be regulated, taxed, uh, prohibited in any way, shape, or form, but rather it should be encouraged and, and um, you know, um, encouraged even more. We, we've been taught to dislike it because of the conditioning out there because it competes with so many other things. Pharmaceutical industry, I mean, they're, yeah, they're very, very powerful. And 80%, if not more, of people that go on cannabis find that they can drop their pharmaceuticals. They don't have to go out and pay those crazy prices. It's not impacting their body in negative ways. They're not adding on more, more drugs to take. And it helps, you know, it just helps in so many ways, but it, it does not help the pharmaceutical industry. Now, if they can control everything, if they can get those patents and they can criminalize everything else about cannabis, they're all for it. You know, they'll, they'll try to, you know, like, like I think it was Lisa saying, that they'll try to copy it and mimic it and all this kind of thing, or maybe that was you, Joe, or I guess we all say the same kind of thing about that, <laughs> that if, you, if you're trying to copy something, why, do, why are we using second-string imitations? Why not go to the source? And the source would be that plant. But we don't do that because it doesn't make the pharmaceutical industry money and they pay money to the lobbyists and the lobbyists help create laws and those laws make things criminal that would take away from the profit margin. Then, of course, there's the for-profit prison industry that they make money off of incarceration. So everyone is making money off of something. And this is a capitalistic society. I don't mean right or wrong. I'm just simply trying to understand the playing field. No judgment. Just what is and what is not. And it's about making money, and it's about wily coyote and putting out oil slicks and taking out your competition. So what we found is that, the, at least many of us have found, is that this competition really has a lot to offer. It doesn't hurt your body. It allows you to, like you say, to fill in kind of whatever that gap is, whatever you're looking for or needing. Because, again, all it's doing is creating homeostasis. It's allowing our body, our self-correcting body of cells, to do whatever is required of it. And, and, you know, one person needs this, one person needs this. It balances us so that we can do whatever it is that we're looking to do. So I, I see lots of reasons to keep it criminal if you're intent is to make money through one of the industries that makes money by keeping it criminal. If not, if your intent is to help people be, to fill in whatever gaps they've got to be the best at whatever that they want to be, to be calm, to be peaceful, to be able to put those barriers down, then why would you not want this out? So I think it's pretty obvious to me that this is a deceitful thing to make money at American or, well, it's not even just us, at human's expense. And that's not okay in my book. And that's why after I went through my ordeal with it and did my learning curve, that I realized that, you know, to stand up for something like this, it is so much more than a plant. It's, um, it's our ability to, to be us. Why would we want to take that away and have a third party say, I want to make money, so I, want, I don't want you to be you. 
I want you to take this and take that because, you know, keep coming back. Yeah, it reminds me of like AA. I'm sorry, keep coming back. It 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 works. Well, with pharmaceuticals, it's keep coming back. It doesn't work, but it feels better than not taking it, right? So keep coming back. Well, let us go to the source and feel good. So anyway, that's it. Well, those are a couple of good two cents. I I always enjoy your perspective and I uh, appreciate you uh, being a part of the show. Thank you. All right, once again, folks. Mary, non-compliant Mary, our amazing screener, um, and she's been able to join us for the, the vast bulk of the show. All right, we got George Marcherano on the line now. We're going to bring him up. I've uh, got a couple points to get to. So on, on that sovereignty and that admiralty law matter, um, I am going to invite anybody who can uh, articulate their point with facts uh, to come and join me on the show because I'm going to continue... Uh, laying out what I found or not found, and I'm more than more than willing to find merit in this, but I've never seen it work myself. I've seen a lot of people get locked up um, for no reason other than that they blindly followed this path, and um, it only works if it works. If you can convince gravity that it doesn't have jurisdiction over you, then you get to fly. But most of us are bound by gravitational jurisdiction. And, again, those same sort of principles apply wherever you are in whatever courtroom you happen to be in, whatever shackles you have to be bound by. It's as real as it is. Whether it's right or not doesn't necessarily matter. And just being right doesn't mean you're not locked up. So uh, remember that, folks. Just let's, let's bring facts and effective behavior to bear. And if we want to change it, if we want to be ruled by admiral law, then let's make that happen. You know, pass a constitutional amendment allowing admiralty law to be the law of the land, and then we'll have that. But until then, um, as long as there's law enforcement people and judges and laws that say the opposite and people willing to enforce them, we're, we're kind of screwed when it comes to that way of thinking. Anyways, I welcome somebody to come on the show and, and, and show me the light, show me where it's actually true, how it works, truthfully, rather than just uh, some manifesto opinions. Um, finally, before we bring George up, um, we're about to get into election cycle again with the Human Solution International. I just uh, po published a blog post or posted a published blog post, I guess would be the correct phrase, and uh, I encourage everybody to read it. Um, so elections are coming up, and... Um, Basically, in a nutshell, if you are an active member and have been an active member for two years or greater, you can run for office. If you are an active member, meaning a card-carrying member, having paid dues or are a legitimate member the hard way or a legitimate volunteer member approved by the membership, then you can uh, run for office even if you haven't been uh, legitimately a member for two years, if you submit a request and, you know, provide your grounds for it. We'll put it to a vote, and we're a very reasonable bunch. Nobody would ever be rejected uh, for lack of, of, of uh, uh, credential or whatnot, um, as long as you're, you know, just not somebody trying to come in and upend things. Anyways, um, you, as a, as a member in good standing, meaning your dues are paid, 
and uh, you know your dues are annual dues or monthly dues if you're a, a 420 member. Anyways, if that is the case, um, you not only can nominate yourself, but you can nominate another member. Um, if that member doesn't want to accept your nomination, they don't have to, but you can nominate somebody, and if they choose to accept it, then it's legitimate. Everybody that gets nominated will get put up onto the election. Anybody who wants to be nominated or, or decides that they um, want to nominate will get a voice on this radio show. Um, anybody that wants to talk about why they should be nominated or why they should be elected, I welcome everybody. Um, so I'm going to publicly, officially uh, put myself in the race as uh, nomination for president and CEO as well as chairman of the board, which, um, you know, I founded this organization. Uh, I would frankly love it if somebody would take it over and, and run it as good as I can. Um, and if you are willing to do so, I, I, I welcome you to come aboard and, and let's see what you got. Um, it's not an easy job. Um, it, you don't get paid for it. Um, you get blamed for everything. Um, and you will get run through the ringer. But if you're willing to stand up and do all that, then, you know, come in, throw your hat in the ring. Let's have a legitimate uh, election. Everybody who is an active member will get a vote. This is an open, a true democracy when it comes to this organization. It's fully transparent, and um, the, the mechanism for voting will be put up pretty soon. We're going to have a, a private Facebook group um, just for members that are uh, card-carrying members, and we'll also have um, uh, a mechanism on the website to cast your vote. And that's all uh, somewhat explained in that blog post, and I welcome you all to be part of it. Um, please. Nominate yourself or somebody else, and absolutely, please come out and vote. Let's, we have an amazing board, and I hope that the board remains as it is or similar to it. But, you know, bottom line is, is anybody who's willing to step up and become leadership, we welcome you. Um, we've got a really great leadership team right now. I'd love to see it grow. So um, that's it on that. And finally... Uh, we got George Martirano. Uh, George Martirano is a friend of the show. He is a lifetime member of the Human Solution the hard way. He served 32 years in federal prison for pot, and um, he's a source of inspiration as during the time of his incarceration and subsequent freedom, he's always been on the high road. He's always advocated for personal empowerment. He's always advocated for people to better themselves, and he walks the walk, and uh, we're trying to help raise him up at the same time. So without further ado, George, Mark Toronto, welcome to the show. Hey, Joe. How you doing, Liz? How's all my West Coast friends? Uh, happy to be on the show again, and uh, my update, uh, my personal update is that, uh, <clears throat> you know, when I first got out of prison, uh, my my East Coast uh, area of Philadelphia of South Jersey Shore, they were basically uneducated with uh, the CBDs. And uh, fast forward, uh, I'm not home uh, that long, but fast forward now, people are learning about it. And uh, incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, I'm opening the first uh, hemp cafe plus CBD shop in the city, full-fledged CBD shop in the city. And um, and the word has gotten around in a short time. And and sad to say, sad to say, who's who's reaching out for me? It's so many ill people. Oh my God, 
so many ill people. You know, in our, in, our, in today's times, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we're, we're living longer. But there's a large percent living longer with some serious illnesses. And uh, we're going to try to help that. In my format... My format, my theme for my uh, my shop, it's called it's going to be Hemp Cafe, is that we're there to help people. That is the bottom line. It's not about making money. It's there to help people. But uh, like I said, now every day it's growing. We're helping we're helping people with MS. We're helping people terminally ill. We're helping people emotionally destroyed. Uh, basically, uh, I mean, there's so much we're doing, and we're not even open yet. So much for doing. Matter of fact, uh, we're growing so quickly that I've been giving uh, uh, how to get in touch with uh, with Joe. Joe's actually helping a lot of people uh, with the CBDs. It's just, it's just amazing. It's, it's amazing, but it's also sad. It's, we're, we're living longer, but a lot of, there's a percent of us are living uh, ill, very ill. And incidentally, now in another direction, last week uh, I spoke again at City Hall, uh, Philadelphia City Hall, this big, major audience. And uh, last year I spoke, I spoke about my other, my other, uh, my uh, uh, advocate work. It's called www.cannabisforguns.com. What we're trying to stop is so much violence. And, uh, and you can go onto my Facebook or my fan page and you'll actually see my speech and and between between a twelve month span last time I spoke and now the shootings and killings have escalated in my city where it's it's sad. It's so sad that you know, I I you know when being free is doing things that you can do free and then you get up early in the morning and you have a cup of coffee and you watch the news. But guess what? I don't even put the news anymore. I have a cup of coffee and I go out because I know what I'm going to see. My local news is shootings and killings and shootings and killings every single day. So, again, you know, I'm I'm doing the best I can with the little I have, trying to stop, stop. I'm trying with with cannabis, we're actually doing an exchange with the legal amount, which is 30 grams. You can do the legal amount... uh, that's, that you can have in my city, Philadelphia, is 30 grams. Well, 30 grams is two grams more than an ounce. So one ounce, that means every pound of cannabis that you, you, you get 16 guns off the street. 16 guns. So finally now, finally I had a standing ovation speech. Now now I'm having, I have other meetings lined up with the authorities, the city authorities. So they're finally listening, ladies and gentlemen. Finalists, nothing's working. They don't have the funds. And here comes a guy like me, in over three decades in prison, he has this idea, pushes him nothing, a plant that's going to physically save lives. So I wanted to share that with everybody, Joe. Well, I appreciate that, George. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of, of being part of the solution rather than part of the problem. That's what you exemplify. You're out there walking the walk. You come up with a plan. You're executing the plan. You're giving a solution. You know, you want to smoke some pot? Hey, give a gun up. That's one gun that's not going to kill somebody. And you know, in a in a in an environment where people are getting shot for no good reason or maybe for good reason, it doesn't matter. They're getting shot. And we have a a right, I believe, to live in a place where we don't get shot. 
I would think that that's part of our God-given right, to not have to be shot. So I appreciate uh, the effort, and I'm really glad to hear that uh, you're getting uh, well-received by the uh, the audiences that you're getting and that your local government is uh, receiving that well. To have a, a local government embrace cannabis uh, for the purpose of getting guns off the street, man, I think that's a huge breakthrough. Well, you know, the cannabis industry is here to stay. It's growing. They're understanding it. Uh, we are, I'm praying that when they do drop it from a Schedule One narcotic, they'll make it retroactive for all the poor souls that are languishing in, in prison like I languished for so many years for cannabis, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I always say the word cannabis, and every time I say it, it's strange to me because in my indictment and all my denials, I, you know, I was the most appealed federal prisoner ever, 32 appeals. You know, it was always the word marijuana. You know, now all of a sudden it's, it's cannabis, which I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But uh, it's it's a question of just like with, with human solutions all started by Joe, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll say right now I'm voting for Joe because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, when I was languishing in prison, and I had, I had, I was literally, there. I was supposed to be released in a body bag. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. I was supposed to be released in a body bag, and uh, Joe, Joe came, uh, did all he can. He, he, he didn't know me. He knew the circumstances, and he did all this can. So he, he's got my vote right now. So uh, anyway, that's just my my personal take on the election coming up. But anyway, just say uh, you know. Do what you can. Do what I do. Get out there and every single day. And like I said, I pride myself in helping the people that are ill. I can't help the people that are with the, with the CBC, uh, THC regiments, you know, if they're in pain. Uh, but I can help them with the CBD in my town, in which I'm definitely, definitely going to do. So, you know, you just get out there and I said, you know, just because I was incarcerated, that doesn't mean I have to be angry. I'm not angry. All I want to do is have a life uh, best I can with uh, all, all aspects of the cannabis industry, whether it's hemp or cannabis, and and just move forward. Move forward, Joe. Excellent, George. I appreciate your good words. And, uh, you know, you, you walk the walk. If, if somebody can't... Uh, Get raised up from that. I don't know. You better check your pulse. Okay. All right. All right. Always a pleasure. Uh, We'll talk soon, and I appreciate you being part of the show. All right. I just can't wait to come and visit you and Liz. You know, I love love my strolls and uh, out in the hills uh, uh, where you live and getting up early in the morning, and I used to go to bed at night and uh, listen to the coyotes. uh, uh, yeah. They have a, have a strange voice, but it's a, interesting. Listen to the, this, this is the cries of the coyotes out west. I'll be there. <laughs> I look forward to it. All right. All right. George Martirano, once again, uh, joining us from the other side of the country. All right, we got uh, Tom Corby to wrap up the last couple of seconds, and um, then I think we did it once again. Tom Corby. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? How is the NorCal report? Yeah, sure. A couple seconds. Thanks, Joe. Coffee Party Radio. And all those on the front line. And a lot of great talkers today. 
uh, when we talk about defense and miss, having spent many hours, as Joe has, in court support is probably the number one defense. In that, in court support, you're not only coming to watch a defendant's back, and believe me, when you're there, it means so much to them up there facing the judge and uh, even a jury. Well, when we talk about a jury, uh, one of the myths, of course, your DA, uh, even your judge is going to try to convince you that you're better off to take a plea deal. Uh, as good as that sounds, of course, in the first place, they throw the book at you like they did Donna and I. Uh, $360,000 bail. Think about it. Thankfully, we only spent four days in view jail. Uh, I want to point out this. I've been using cannabis for 50 years. Uh, I've been busted twice, went to jail, and both times I won my case. The reason for that is, in the end, no matter, truth and justice will prevail. Don't forget to breathe. So, court support also is for advocation. Uh, in advocation, uh, Joe and I, and everybody that's caught out of, out of jail, going to be freaking out. Uh, again, they're going to be, uh, they won't overturn, they're going to be misled. Lost alone, broke. We've all been there and done that. And maybe that's why we're here today to stand for others so they don't have to go through that. And especially taking our kids, taking kids away from their parents, of course, always. Uh, so mindset is always no plea deals. Why would you take a deal when you feel you've done nothing wrong? And by the way, you haven't. We know that they're all making money on us. Uh, the control something. Back was illegal in the first place. Uh, so, having used the medicine for 50 years, I finally realized uh, what high means. High, high means. Well, with that, without cannabinoids in your system, your homeostasis is going to be out of balance. Uh, you probably all know that when you're born. In your mother's baby's milk, you have CBD, cannabis medicine, to calm the baby. Uh, That was one twice with uh, Courtney, uh, William Courtney, way back when, with Daisy. Joe, you remember twice he brought that in and he won that that part of the case on that level. Uh, When we talk about organic... Uh, one of the reasons that I've reached my 75th birthday is because uh, I try to eat more fruits and vegetables, and I try to always eat organic. Uh, I also feed my plants the same. Why wouldn't you to have the best medicine for you and your patients? But you are also a patient. We all are. Uh, Right now, I'm going to say if you haven't been down to Joe's and Liz's down at Willow Creek Springs, uh, down on the side of Hammond, uh, 
uh, it would behoove you to make a trip down there just to see uh, how uh, the way to grow really is. A lot of it is compost. And in that compost, when when I toured Joe's garden with him, and he turns all his compost with red worms. Basically, Joe probably will tell you right now, he grows. He has very, very good medicines. Also, good products will tell you that's basically all he does. He does not spend a lot of money on nutrients. Uh, uh, on the other hand, I, I really feel that you can grow organic, and that has to be certified, folks. Uh, federal. Uh, anybody can say it's organic. It might be 20, 30 percent. Forty, it's not. So, a certified is the key here. Uh, so also in my compost, I have coffee grounds. I have ashes from my fire place. Uh, back guanos, uh, and also mushroom soil. So when you when you talk about growing and having the best medicine, uh, I'm looking right here at Joe's uh, stream uh, salve. Uh, it is it's a critical pain relief. And uh, it works so good. I want to recommend his products if you want some of the best. Uh, you can go to his website at criticalpainrelief.com. Uh, I, I recommend checking it out. Uh, I think that's all I have today. Uh, an update from Terry uh, and also Rose uh, Rose Smith uh, on on uh, from the Boot uh, Team Booten. Uh, they're hanging in there. Uh, Tawny's okay on, on her commissary money. Uh, Mike could li- use a little more money. If, if people could send $10, $20 in, that would really help them. Uh, when we speak of Rose uh, Smith up, <laughs> up in Cassica with B.E. Smith, uh, Mike Bruton. Uh, at Canada, we talked with Dr. Tammy Brazil up there about five years ago. I'm so glad I was there. Uh, B.E. and Mike Luton uh, talked. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we want to come for all defendants, of course, to Bootens, uh on weed, weed country, have come for so many. And uh, I'm so glad we have uh, a great uh, team, Booten. Yeah, I want to thank you all today. And, uh don't forget to breathe, and now I'm ready to listen to Willie. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> All right, Tom. Well, I want to thank you for being part of the show and all the kind words. I want to thank uh, everybody that's helped make the show what it is. I want to thank uh, Noncompliant Mary for uh, making the trek to be uh, screening today. I want to thank my vice president, Lisa Wooldridge, for not only making the video feed possible but uh, having some uh, – valuable words to add to the show, uh, Glenn Keeling and Pete Yaple, George Mark Toronto, and all the rest of y'all that uh, were part of this show. I want to thank y'all for being here, and we will see you next time. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 